Hello, welcome to another weekly episode of the Small League Fantasy Football Podcast. The only podcast devoted to helping you enjoy and succeed in fantasy football leagues of four to six teams. We've got our entire crew here today. We've got uh, Mr. Shadow. Shadow here. We've got Raj. Hey, guys. And last but not least, Jeannie. Check. All right. Well, welcome. How's your weekend, guys? <laughs> that exciting, huh? I guess, what did you uh, do, Lewis? I had an interesting uh, restaurant experience this weekend. Oh, tell us. Yeah, I went to this hot pot place in uh, Arcadia. I don't know. It's it, it, it's kind of different. I, I ordered this noodle aspect for the hot pots, and it's this some guy who came on like it was like a show. He took a little bunch of dough and started just twirling it around until these noodles became like six foot long noodles. And then he started whipping it around. He was standing behind me and then whipped it in front of my head. It was just like flashing it around like a jump rope. And um, I don't know, it was kind of uh, entrancing, to be huh. honest. Although I, I don't know how you can control something that long and so, so <laughs> you know, so rubbery. Anyways, have you guys ever had an experience like that? With like, It's like throwing like pizza dough up. And all of a sudden the, 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 the pizza dough, which is a little, you know, little mound, all of a sudden becomes some sort of like 12 inch like pie. <laughs> it's kind of like that, except well, how was the, the how was the food? Version. How did you like it? The noodles? Yeah, they were, they were good. Can you tell that it was handmade? Like, would you be able to tell that this is a handmade noodle versus any other noodle you've eaten? I think it was different. Definitely was different. Yeah, yeah. I could I could tell. It was, it was very good. So, Louis, when you had those noodles, they were pretty long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you want long noodles because long long noodles are representative uh, for uh, long life. Okay, they will bring you long life. If you Did long you noodles. choke on them? <laughs> yes, because they're extremely <laughs> thick. Well, out wait, so if 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 the noodles represent long life, do you not bite the noodles? Do you not chew them? Do you have to swallow them? Well, they, them they cut it, they cut it up. You know, they cut it up. He broke they cut the noodles. They want you to have a short life. Exactly. <laughs> you can't have them that long. Six foot long noodles. So you can't have a six foot long noodle sitting in your hot pot. It doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know the reason that, I asked. That represents longevity. I, that's what I want in my pot pot. I, I was the reason I was curious about them being long is because I thought the motto of our podcast was smaller is better. Uh, interesting. Which well, is probably a good segue that's into what, the... well, that. That's, that's exactly what happened, which is. Um, I insisted that to cut it because I told the the showman who was whipping up those noodles, small is better. We'd rather have a vibrant and full short life than a long and tortured and frustrated long life. Is small is better. I'm sorry, a small life. Small is better. Is it some, some sort of dark musing from a... Uh, a cynical philosopher there? It is consistent with the philosophy of the show. Okay. All right. right. I guess with that, we'll segue into the show. Okay. Well, anyways, let's uh, talk about week 14 and how you guys did. Let's start with um, our biggest loser, 
who tends to have dark thoughts nowadays, uh, Mr. Shadow. Yeah, well, if you if you if you just lost your seventh game in a row, you'd be having dark thoughts too. Uh, this is an important lesson. So one of the things I've used to preach, we talk about the fundamentals, checking your lineups before game time. And I, you know, I was sort of busy. I'm in a losing streak. I just wasn't paying as much attention. I didn't really follow what was happening too closely on Thursday night. And I'm turning on the game and I see Dalvin Cook uh, running through the Steelers defense for another touchdown. And I realized, I, and I realized, my God, I didn't realize he was playing. He was starting. He's, he was questionable. He was out, didn't play for a couple of weeks. And he scored over 30 points that game. And if I had realized, if I had checked, and it was interesting, this, his injury update, which said that he was going to be ready to start, came out about 4 p.m. And a couple, out, couple hours before game time. And I, and I just didn't catch it. So, and I paid the price. I would have, if I, had I started him in place of Madison, I would have, I would have won the game. Instead, I, I lost to Raj. And you started and Madison instead. I did. That's what I did last week, just because I thought, oh, Cook's still out. And that, and Madison just had a few points. So it was a, a very simple fundamental, you know, we talk a lot about our analysis, what to do, streaming. But uh, you always have to pay attention to the fundamentals, which I didn't, and I paid the price. So one thing I thought, but, you know, Jeannie was actually very nice. He said, well, you know, this, the announcement came out late in the afternoon. I'm sure a lot of people missed it. So I checked on Yahoo, and one of the functions that is present in Yahoo is it talks about how many people actually started. So I thought, well, how? And so I'm going to ask you guys, how many, what percentage of owners in the Yahoo leagues do you think started Dalvin Cook that night? Mm, hmm. I would guess about ten percent. Two percent. No, I'd say it's Raj? pretty high, but seventy-four <laughs> percent. Yeah. Well, you know, Raj, there's a reason why you are dominating our league. You are spot on. Seventy-four percent of owners started oh, Dolphin Cook. Know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, it wasn't as if oh, you know, I was alone. Um, it wasn't as as if oh, well, it wasn't as if everyone had missed oh. It came out late. A lot of people didn't make that change. So apparently a lot of people picked up on it. Well, it seems um, a lot of people picked up on it. Yeah. 74% of the owners picked up As on I it. I so. would imagine are those who have listened to our podcast and recognize, let's follow Mr. Shadow's uh, advice. Yeah. But would you have even started him if you'd known he would play, knowing he was hurt, he's wearing a harness? Well, that, this is a good question, uh, Raj. And I think we'll be discussing that after we go through our uh, analysis of our, our games. Because that, that's a really pertinent question. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> Anyways, Raj, how'd you do? Um, well, <laughs> so <laughs> Shadow's misfortune was my fortune because, like, like he said, he um, his miscalculation or, or uh, you know his lack of, of checking his lineup led to my... Well, which actually honorably puts me to the Super Bowl. So I can just kind of cruise on, on neutral for the remainder of the season until we get to the Super Bowl and just plan for that. Um, I have pretty good you know, points across the board. I mean, Joe Mixon was my lowest uh, total, and he's usually done pretty well, but everyone else did pretty well. The same dilemma with starting Mahomes versus Kyler Murray, and they both did, you know, didn't have great games. I mean, they had good NFL games, just not great um, fantasy games. 
But so be it. I mean, everybody else kind of picked it up. Put in Kittle over Mark Andrews, and he did well for me. But yeah, I was happy with the team. I saw that you started uh, Devontae Adams, which is a natural to do. He scored two touchdowns with 121 receiving yards. Basically, his uh, his quarterback owns Chicago, don't you think? Yeah, speaking of that, I'm still on Aaron Watch, Jeannie. When are you going to finally release that boy? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if he loses like three games in a row, maybe I'll release him. Well, he is the most honest quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) He is. Uh, If you actually Google who owns the Bears, this is the number one hit. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Jeannie. Yeah, I, I guess I try to I'll try to be positive about my week. I ended up losing to you, but four of my nine, I guess my positions, I got a seven point, two point, six point, and a zero point. So I almost got a hundred points out of the other five. So that's pretty good. But I had kind of the opposite then from Shadow. I had Higby, who I didn't know had COVID or on COVID watch, and I guess I don't know how many hours before the game. And I guess the other thing we could talk about is a Thursday night game versus a Monday night. So I figured, you know, if I had known who would I replace him with, maybe the tight end, the backup tight end for the Rams. I don't know how many points that person got. But I mean, anyways, it didn't matter. I would have still lost <clears throat> two on Lewis. But it's just kind of interesting that, you know, that Higby, you know, didn't play. So I got zero points. Yeah, it's difficult to, especially in a, in, in a small league, it's possible, but it's very difficult when you find out one of your players is out on a Monday night game because you have very few people you can substitute with him. You know, in this case, you probably could have substituted him with Zach Ertz of uh, Arizona, the tight end, um, and, and switched him out, or the backup Gerald Everett of the, of the Rams. But either way, you don't have as many options. Yeah, but in small leagues you do have some options. In a large league, you actually have almost none because Zach Ertz would have been already picked up by by another team long long ago, like weeks ago. Anyways, that's one of the things about small league that you actually have the ability to maneuver even as late as Monday night. But you have to be on top of it, and this is uh, the lesson that both uh, Shadow and uh, Genie have learned the hard way. Uh, not being on top of the situation. And so speaking of lessons, le- lessons not learned. So Lewis, I remember last week, didn't you say that you were going to start <laughs> Brady over <laughs> Dak Prescott? Brady, who on your bench scored 30 points, where Doc Pres- Dak Prescott only scored almost 12 points? Well, what happened bringing, there? Well, thank you for bringing that up. I'm clearly not the most honest man in football. Um, I told Jeannie. Okay, Jeannie, put him on your bench. <laughs> I told Jeannie I'd start Brady just to keep him happy. He really wanted to root against Brady. And I denied him that pleasure. I almost paid for that because I did start Dak Prescott, and uh, who scored basically 20 points less than Brady did. And had another awful game. I think his performance is just starting to drop. He started off as an MVP like season first couple of games, and he just hasn't done well since. Brady, of course, has been very steady and excellently so. And I don't think he's 
due for a regression. I think I'll just start him, but we'll talk but about hey, it. Hey, so again. you're playing me, Lewis, and you're starting Brady over Dak. Dak's playing the Giants, you know, divisional game at Giants Stadium where he normally just loves just uh, silence in the crowd. That's yeah, you what you're what doing. You know what I think I'm going to do, do, Raj? I'm going to tell you that I'm going to start Dak. And because <laughs> okay. I'm so honest, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. That doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah. You know, you, you know, whichever point you started is going to get the few number, fewest number of points. <laughs> well, you know, I actually owe my win to a couple players. Um, actually, three of them. Uh, three who scored over 20 points. A couple running backs, James Conner, who is on a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. It's been just ripping it through this year. And while Chase Edmonds has been out... He's been doing extremely well. This week scored almost 25 points, two touchdowns, 94 receiving yards, 31 rush yards. And he's been scoring double-digit points for the past, like, six or seven weeks. Um, Also, Najee Harris scored about 22 points. He's been doing poorly as of late, but really picked it up this this week for unclear reasons. But he, again, is just a workhorse back. I ran 20 times and scored two touchdowns. And finally, this is the thing I'm most proud of, is that I decided to stream the Tennessee defense. And they were playing Jacksonville, who basically has essentially no offense. Urban Myers, just as we all know, is just under in, in a major hot seat right now. He's lost the locker room. He's lost even his quarterback, who's arguing with him who the best player is. Urban Meyer refuses to start James Robinson as running back. And Trevor Lawrence is telling the media that James Robinson is their best offensive player. There's clearly a disconnect there. I started Tennessee and they scored 21 points. They shut out Jacksonville. And this is the second week in the row that I've streamed a defense and um, the defense has shut out the opponent. Last week I I streamed Indianapolis. They played Houston. And again, they blanked Houston and Indianapolis scored 18 points. So I've been doing very well streaming defenses, but it doesn't really take that much knowledge to understand that Houston and Jacksonville are a couple of the weakest offensive teams in the league. You know, small league allows you to take advantage of some basic knowledge and try to position yourself in a way that you can really score well with these defenses. Because normally you can't pick up the Indianapolis defense. That's been taken, that's been drafted along at the beginning of the year. To also have the Tennessee defense, that would have been picked up draft in the beginning of the season as well so the ability to stream these two defenses is 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 actually quite uh fun clearly lewis's knowledge has and his honesty has contributed to his ownership of our league because he has a record of (laughs) seven and seven and he he owns us at, at the 500 he owns the 500 point i mean he definitely owns that yes but 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 you're, you're neglecting the key point, which Raj would attest as more important, that I have the most points for of anybody in the league, uh, including 50 points more than the 10 and 4 uh, slammers, whose general manager is Raj. So, and, and I'm actually, uh, for my critic there, basically over 14 games, 200 points more than Mr. Shadow's uh, Bender's team. So, you know, watch your mouth, sir. (laughs) And if we were playing a league that only looked at points and not at head-to-head, you'd be dominating, right? But unfortunately, we're not. 
but as, yeah. as which is going to change when I'm the commish. Yeah, yeah. Well, as Lewis likes to say, this this league emulates the NFL, and it's not about the points. It's right. about the games that you win. It's about the games that you win. You know, this is interesting. We'll, we'll go into this week's topic, but you know, this is the week fourteen was actually the final week of the regular season for most large league fantasy football leagues. But in a small league, we we keep on going, and we're still fighting for uh, the two playoff spots. So one of the interesting things about being in a small league is you get to keep on playing uh, for another two weeks, even if you've been doing poorly, which I'm sure makes uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Shadow happy that he gets to run his losing streak to not to seven, but to nine. It's a long season. And I get to enjoy every game of it. <laughs> Anyways, let's, let's talk about this week's topic reporting for duty, sir. I'd like to ask you guys your opinion, how to deal with injuries, specifically whether you want to start players who have come off a couple weeks worth of injuries and now are ready to play, whether you would start such players, or whether you think you should be starting players who have a questionable designation prior to actually their game that week. As a background, I'd like to let people know that, you know, in the past, every team would have to send to the commissioner's office designations for the players as probable, uh, questionable, or doubtful for those who could be potentially injured. Probable, basically, in the estimates of the team, the player had a 75% chance of playing. Questionable, 50%, and doubtful, only a 25% chance of playing that week's game. In 2016, they changed it so that there's no longer this probable designation. And it was only left with questionable and doubtful. So a lot of these people, who players who were considered probable, were just dumped into the questionable category. And so that's how the situation stands right now. Most of these probables are not placed into the uh, no category. They're just put an injury list. And so it's been diluted a little bit what questionable really means. It used to mean a lot more about five years ago. It means a little less, although it does mean that the player is a little bit dinged up. Um, there has been some research that's been done in the past, um, but very little about what how an injury affects the weekly NFL player performance in fantasy. I think the only study that I was able to pull up suggested that the effect of injury report in quarterbacks was close to nothing. But an injury report to a running back or a wide receiver was actually could be quite significant. The statistics suggest that running backs and wide receivers have actually seen a, a drop-off of about, historically, about 12 to 15% with a questionable designation. And... That was back in the time when questionable really meant 50% likelihood of playing, but they ended up playing anyways. There was a drop-off in points for about 12 to 15%. So it's something to consider. Nowadays, of course, questionable has been diluted, so it's not really clear the drop-off is quite as much. But that being said, you know, I wanted to ask what your guys' thoughts were regarding whether you would start a player, one, who's been off for quite a while and is now questionable but that ends up playing 
Or two, a player who has not been off any weeks but still has a questionable designation because some body part was dinged. What are your thoughts? Jeannie, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I, I remember from past seasons, you know, Aaron Rodgers would be dinged up for a couple games. And I knew that when he came back, he would just be lights out. And I think Gronk, it happened to Gronk, it happened to Dalvin Cook, I think maybe AP from years past. So I always feel that, yeah, if they've been injured and they're out three games, four games, and they're a pretty elite player to begin with, they're going to they're gonna come back and they're going to, just like the first game back, they're going to tear it up. So I would definitely start them. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, you know, I think just because they're just so good, I don't know if they, they keep it up after the th- third or fourth game back, but definitely that first game back. It just seems like just from my memory that's, they just always do really well. I don't know about like the players are questionable. I I usually just start them anyways. I don't, you know, they don't, it's not like the players that were, that's been off for three, four games that, you know, they kind of do their normal average amount of points. I don't really see much difference yeah. um, when I start those players, but yeah, definitely the ones that have been injured. I always, I always just start them. I see. What about someone who is injured and had doubtful, which means basically essentially the most severe category of unlikelihood of playing, uh, who then ends up playing and with, you know, an hour before they say, you know, Adam yeah, Schefter of ESPN says that blah, blah, blah is going to play, even though he had a doubtful designation. Yeah. Usually I don't even, I don't follow it so closely. So I'll miss that anyways. But if I see a doubtful the day before, I don't even start them. Yeah. But, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the, the questionables you probably would. Yes. I see. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree, you know, some of these superstars, they, you know, when I'm citing some of these statistics, perhaps superstars are, the statistics were all comers, so it's not really clear. It's just uh, some of the lesser players without as much talent might not be able to overcome some of the, you know, moderate, mild to moderate injuries that are associated with probable to questionable designations. Well, on the other side of that, if you say you, if, what did you say? You said what a 12 to 15% drop off in performance. So when you have a superstar who's putting up 25, 30 points, I'll take, I'll take that superstar with a 12 to 50% drop off any day of the week, just because they're, just because they're a superstar. I'm going to, the upside is great and I'm willing to tolerate and take a greater chance with one of my superstars, one of my top three draft picks. You know, one of my lower draft picks, a filler person, I'm, I'm less likely to want to take that chance. You know, so we can always do the usual things, read the injury reports, follow along. I think the nature of the injury is important. And the nature of the injury, is this a consistent injury? Is this sort of the same injury that this person has had? Is it a more severe injury that limits them? Or is it, uh, you know, something that's more severe? So I think understanding the nature of the injury sometimes helps. You know, a turf toe, I mean, a turf toe plagued Antonio Gibson last season. Sometimes these hamstrings can be very debilitating. One year I had Des Bryant, and he was questionable throughout the whole season. But he was great, and it didn't he still had a great performance that really slowed him down. So, but as a general rule, if it's one of my superstars, I'm going to start him no matter what, because upside's too great. But Len, even if he's not that great of a player, let's say it's a 15 point person, 12 to 15%, it's, it's like 15 to 13. 
it's hardly any difference either. Yeah, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mr. Shadow, is that you say that your superstar, even if it's 12 or 15, let's say he, there's a two or three point drop from a superstar. Well, you know what? In a small league, you have many superstars on your roster. Why would you choose a superstar who's been coming off an injury with a superstar who's not had an injury? Why would you want to do that? Well, I, it's relative, right? I mean, yes, we all have good teams, but if, you know, like if it's like, as I said, if this is one of my top three draft picks, it's different from someone who is my 10th, 13th, 14th draft pick. And they're, they're different degrees of reliability. And, you know, the real, the very elite players are the ones that are going to have a better chance of, of putting up a 20 to 30 point game. Yeah, you get a much higher ceiling for those mega superstars, you know, because then they could always get that. Let's understand that, for example, Alvin Kamara is better than Joe Mixon. But you have both. Yeah. And Alvin Kamara is dinged up, as he has been all season. Joe Mixon, I don't think, has. Would you take a dinged up Alvin Kamara over Joe Mixon? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was out for a few games, and then he came back and put up, I think, 20, 20 points. Mm-hmm. So he did really well. So yeah, I would take him because I think he's at a different level tomorrow than than Mixon is. I mean, they're both good, but I wouldn't consider Mixon a a mega superstar like tomorrow is. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, he's kind of on the borderline, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, a lot of fantasy gurus, you know, separate different position players to tier one, tier two, tier three. You're basically suggesting it if you're in a tier one player, it's worth starting an injured tier one player over an uninjured tier two player. Right. Or not even a tier one. I'm talking about like a top three player at the Mm. position. Mm. You know, so say you have somebody like say Derek Henry wasn't hurt, right? Comes back being hurt. I would, I would start him over. Mm. That's interesting. If Derek Henry may be coming back for the real NFL playoffs, although probably not the fantasy playoffs, it'd be interesting to see how he does after he comes back from his foot injury. And he's going to be playing in the NFL playoffs. That'd be very indicative of how top-end players, how they fare after being off for multiple, multiple weeks with a fairly significant injury. It is, and it's very hard to tell because a lot of it just depends on how quickly they want to rush him back, how badly they need him, the coach's decision, the player's decision. You know, Drew Brees came back after his rib injury. I think it's fairly obvious he came back too early. He wasn't effective. He couldn't really throw deep. He was weak. But they needed him, and they took a chance. They wanted to to go for it. So, it, you know, it, it's hard to tell. It's, it's really hard to tell. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in the case of Derrick Henry, which we'll have to just investigate at the end of the season and talk about it in next year's podcast episodes, you know, they're going to, Tennessee will need Derrick Henry. They, they will not be able to win the Super Bowl if they don't have a strong running game, which Derrick Henry provides. So he will be a litmus test because they will not not start him if he can go. I'm thinking that that usually these teams are very conservative, right? They want them to be completely healthy. He could probably play right now. You know, it's like these pe- people, you never know exactly what's going on. If he's going to, if they're going to stay him for the playoffs, they want him to be super healthy and come, you know, if, if I think if he plays, he'll get a 200 yard game. Yeah. That's perhaps. my prediction. He could probably play right now if they needed him. Uh, I don't know. He just, he just had foot surgery. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. But did you see him running up and down that sideline of the game? <laughs> That's right. Maybe we should start <laughs> Forget this. See how fast, you see how fast he was pedaling on that stationary bike? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Forget the IR designation he has right now. Let's just start him for this week. And then, you know, an hour before, they'll say, surprise. Derek Henry I do think a lot of these teams, I mean, they're, they are, you know, they kind of hide things. You, you really don't know how injured that person is. Yeah. And I don't think they would rush him back and, you know, risk additional injuries like a big part of that team. Do you have any comments, Raj? Um, additional comments? No, I mean, I was just looking at, uh, like, so Alan Kamara, you brought up, like, he was out for a few weeks. I put him back in as soon as he started thinking that, you know, unless he's not playing, I'm going to put him in because I, I consider him at the top, I'm like a top five player in his position. And then same thing with Kyler Murray. He was hurt for, uh, a few games, and then I just kept starting Mahomes. So he was out for three games. I started Mahomes, and of course, Kyler Murray just on his first game back went up for thirty points. Um, so yeah, so and I would consider Kyler Murray probably top five. Also, I'd say you know these these top five players, not necessarily superstars, but just top five players in the position. If they're back, if they're playing again, even in a small league like ours where I have other choices, oh yeah, I'm gonna go with them. What was Kyler Murray out for? I don't I don't remember. High ankle sprain. Oh, he had a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Okay, so he was he had a sprain. He's still limping around a little Kyle, bit too. Kyle He's Murray not had fully a sprain, recovered. A high ankle sprain. So in theory, he could play at any time. I'm gonna use another example. I actually started my season with Russell Wilson, who, as you know, he was the number seven number seven QB coming out of ESPN's top three hundred. Uh, preseason cheat sheet. He went out on week from week six through week nine uh, because his he hit his middle finger against Aaron Donald's helmet, fractured in two places, ruptured a tendon in his throwing hand of his middle finger, and was out basically for four weeks. The guy actually is superhuman. Those injuries usually take two months to heal. He came back after a month, but he came back because you know Seattle. Offense pretty much is dependent on him. He didn't do very well coming back. He scored in successive weeks 7.6 points and then 8.4 points for a quarterback, you know, when he came back. So I think you're right. It depends on the nature of the injury. I don't know who said that, but I think the nature of the injury has something to do with it. I mean, when you basically have destroyed your finger on your throwing hand, and it's still being rehabbed, I think that's a little bit more dangerous to to start a player like that than someone with a a sprain, which is sometimes kind of unclear what that really means. Just a thought. And we had, you know, another person that I actually had was A.J. Brown, who had a hammy, hamstring injury in week three, Sat out a couple weeks, came back week five and week six, basically scored 3.6 points and 9.1 points, respectively. You know, 38 yards first week five and then 91 yards week six. And then, of course, week seven, he had some monster in week eight monster 20 point games. And then he started tweaking himself again. So, you know, some of these lingering hamstring injuries, they can cause some problems as well. I don't know what's the deal with hamstrings versus ankle sprains, but perhaps yeah, hammies, possibly, are, hammies are bad. Yeah. You know, it could also be the nature of the position. It takes a long position. time to heal. I see. It could also be the nature of the position. As I, as I indi- indicated earlier, 
the studies suggest that wide receivers and running backs are the ones who experience a drop-off after coming back from injury, not necessarily quarterbacks. Maybe because throwing isn't as dependent on certain types of injuries. In, in Russell Wilson's case, because it was on his throwing hand, I think that's why he had a, had a problem. But you know, when wide receivers and, and running backs depend on the ability to run, hamstring injury could be quite devastating to their fantasy production. So, uh, although the 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 nature of the injury and the location of the injury injury is important, the one thing we never know is the severity of the injury, and that is a secret which is tightly held by the team and the coach and everyone. And you know, to their advantage, they want to be a little bit deceptive in order yeah. to prevent the their opponents were preparing optimally for them. So it's, it's, it's tricky. It's hard to tell. We can kind of sit there and read the ports and figure out how much they played in practice and full pads or not. But um, I think you have to take a little of a chance. It's one of the many variables that are accounted for in fancy football in all leagues. And like I said, if, if the upside is great, I'm more likely to take the chance. I think probably for me, I would, Consider what Jeannie said, which is the nature of the injury and then the nature of the position and how that influences the position of the player and the role of the player. So hamstrings, high ankle sprains may be more dangerous for players who require speed, perhaps injuries to the ribs, the hand could be more dangerous to quarterbacks. But I, I do also agree with Raj's theory that, you know, tier one players, really high-end players, perhaps a drop-off is still worth it. A potential drop-off is worth it compared to a high-end, but not quite as tier two sort of uh, starting running back one or wide receiver one. Yeah, this, time, this part of the season, there's just so many injuries. I mean, it's, you're lucky if you don't have almost half your team on the injury report as it is. You know, in the end, it's just it's almost just like luck again. It's like you could start somebody who was who was questionable or even doubtful, and then end up playing for one series and get taken out because of you know something the coach sees or because they just re-injured themselves. So it's yeah, a risk. And, and it is part of the fun. Uh, you know, it is the chance. It is the gamble. It is a risk. This is. What one of the things I enjoy about fantasy football, I'm like, okay, you know, I know there's risk. I'm going to go for it. And yeah. hopefully it pays off. And that's yeah. where the fun is. Yeah. It, it is interesting, though, that – and this is this is your, your experience with, say, Dalvin Cook and why he was still rostered as a starter in 75% of the Yahoo leagues is because in a small league, you actually have this problem that you have to face. In a large league – you almost have to start Dalvin Cook if there's a possibility of starting him. Yeah. You don't have a real good alternative. But in a small league, you do have alternatives. Perhaps not as good as an injured Dalvin Cook, but a real alternative. And Absolutely. if, Dal- if, if right. the Minnesota Vikings were actually not playing on a Thursday night game, but actually on a Monday night game, you might have thought differently because then you would actually have fewer options as well. No, absolutely. If you're in a large league, if you're if you have the second round draft pick and you pick up Dalvin Cook and and you don't draft again 
uh, you know, 20, 20 plus spots later, uh, you've got to start them. If there's any, if there's any, with that questionable, you're going to put them up. Yeah. Probably don't have any choice. Right. But this is the fun and the challenge of being in a small league. Yeah. yeah. You have more choices, you have more options and it takes a little bit more thought and you have to take, and you have to take chances. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just put more points that smaller is better, right? Yeah. Anyways, let's um, go on to our plans for week number 15. Raj, what are your your plans? So it's the eternal question, Mahomey versus Murray. And I had Jalen Hurd on my bench too, which I'm not sure exactly why I am still um, holding on to him. But, you know. I was thinking all along, stick with Mahomey, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try some different combinations here for the next couple of weeks because I have a slot in the Super Bowl, so I want to just kind of different combination to see what works and see which of my players are compatible because I'm gonna play this like a real team, so my players are compatible. Anyway, he's gonna put in Jalen Hurts as my quarterback just because you know you never know. You know he may have, but he was actually the number I think the number two ranked quarterback, at least from a point fantasy point standpoint, up until, I think, last week. Um, but you never know. See how he does. And then all my others are pretty much set. Um, you know, still streaming defenses because it's fun to do. So I picked up New England, which I actually liked. I like New England's defense a lot um, as a real defense. And so I don't know how they'll do next next week, but I'm going to just keep them for the rest of the uh, season. So what's interesting, Raj, is you're actually in a very interesting position. You've clinched the playoffs. You can rest your players if you want to. But you can also choose who you want to go against. So for example, to a certain extent. So for example, you could actually intentionally, you could throw the game and lose to Lewis if you felt he would be a better opponent. Now, if you'd mm-hmm. rather play Genie, then you'd have to try and you'd want to defeat Lewis and hope that I also defeated Genie to force a tie. Well, he has going into the subs going into the next week. He has that opportunity next week. I mean, he's playing me this week, as you know. Um, but you know, everybody wants to play you in the Super Bowl, Mister Shadow. So if Raj could engineer a way to do that, like that might be a little hard because yeah. you're so far behind. I'll tell you the other thing, you know, not not that I, not that I own anything. I mean, Raj is really the one who owns the league here. Um, but I just remember in previous seasons when I was a little bit more of an owner. At this point, I was I was looking at my matchups. I was I'm looking to the Super Bowl. I'm thinking about what players I want to start. I'm thinking about I'm looking at the games. I'm planning my Week 17 lineup right now. I see. No, it's a good thought. It's a good thought. Picking up the correct free agents at this point. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, Patriots are playing Jacksonville in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's my other thoughts about keeping the Patriots defense. I see. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. You know, the, the thing about trying different combinations, though, uh, Raj, you know, it's interesting that because this is losers week in most fantasy football leagues, meaning this was the last week of the week 14 was the last week of the regular season for most large leagues. 
And as such, a lot of fantasy football talk radio is centered around crazy things that commissioners have done. Perhaps you don't want to be fooling around so much with, you know, your lineups, because if he decides to change it to a format, which you would prefer points for the top two points for go to the Super Bowl. Well, perhaps you don't want to be doing that. There was one commissioner, apparently, who changed the uh, settings without letting his league mates know that a blocked punt was worth 23 points. <laughs> thereby, thereby launched himself to win a spot in the playoffs uh, to the chagrin of the rest of the league. You mean but, he changed uh, it after the game? Uh, yeah. Oh, you could do that? that uh, apparently he did. Wow. Somehow he did. And I think his league mates just decided they wanted to um, castrate you know, him essentially yes <laughs> <laughs> but, but because we but because most small leagues are quite friendly we're, we don't expect our commissioners to be devious well, you know, this is, what are your plan well this this is the great thing about small leagues you know I'm, I'm giving Roger some tips about preparing for the Super Bowl you're giving me some tips about what I should be doing as commissioner you know we're all just helping each other out it's all very <laughs> amiable I trust Shadow not to do anything devious, mischievous like that. And plus, he's, since he's really castrated anyways, I don't think it matters. What about you, Mr. Shadow, since you're talking a lot right now? Yeah. So, two games out with two games to go, I could theoretically still make it. So, I'm still in. So, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start Dalvin Cook this week. I'll start by doing that. And um, I don't think I'll be doing anything that much more differently than, than I have been during the year. And maybe I can finally break out of my seven game losing streak. Okay. Well, Jeannie, you and I are battling for a second in a place in the Super Bowl. Um, what are your plans? Um, I, I think Jason Taylor was, was he on a bye week last week? So I got him back in the starting lineup. It's Jonathan Taylor. Jason oh. <laughs> Taylor was a defensive end for okay. uh, about 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> and then I got, um, it looks like Thielen is going to still be out for week 14. So I'll just have to keep going. I, I got Waddle back in. I think I had Lockett last week and he did great, but Waddle's going against the Jets. So I, I think I, I want to start him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Je- Jeannie and I are the ones who are matching up next week. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a great thing about the small league. You know, I I could give small tips to to Shadow. Shadow gives small tips to Raj. Raj gives small tips to on Lewis, and Lewis gives small tips to me. It's like a little you know circle train that we have going on. It's fun. Yeah. Let me ask you a question here. Uh, Tips for everyone. Circle train. That's, that's an interesting term, circle train. Never heard it quite described like that. <laughs> Let me ask you a question here, Jeannie. You're talking about how Thielen is out. And this is sort of what we were discussing in this episode. And this is of particular interest to you because, you know, you're a Vikings fan. Yeah. You know, Adam Thielen is, is designated as questionable. Wouldn't you want to start him? From what you said, he's questionable. Well, he has a chance well, to start with a high ankle sprain. I know. That's his injury. And he is a Viking. And you historically have wanted to start Vikings. 
So, so yeah, maybe I will start him then. Even though he's injured, had an injury with a high ankle sprain. I know that's uh, it's hard because high ankle sprain is tough to, to. It takes a little bit longer to heal. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I need to make the decision before Sunday, since it's Monday. Why don't you commit right now, and then you can okay, be the I'll, honest man in the room. I'll start him. But okay. who am I going to take out then? I have Diggs, Waddle. Doesn't really matter. Take out either I'll one. take out Diggs. Either one. I'll take out Diggs. But Buffalo is just – the train is going off the tracks for Buffalo right now. So. Oh, no, they did great. Didn't, that game was really exciting. They came back in the second half. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bench um, – I'll bench Waddle. Okay. Put him put him next to Aaron Rodgers. So you basically believe that, you know, Adam Thielen is clearly not a tier one wide receiver. He may be WR1, but he's clearly not a tier one WR1. You know, you know, he's tier one. Designation. He's tier one and he's tier two in the NFL, but he's tier one in my heart. Got it. Got it. It's always important to play fantasy football uh, <laughs> at least based on emotion. And so I, I have a similar situation for week 15. I've got two players who my running backs, my starting running backs, two of my three starting running backs, you know, Austin Eckler and James Conner with questionable designations. I'm not really sure what to do. Maybe I should commit as well. Austin Eckler clearly is this season is a a top five running back. James Connors in a one year deal with the Cardinals. He's been busting out, although he does have competition with Chase Edmonds, who's been out. Uh, and so James Connors been the bell cow. He may not be if Chase Edmonds comes back. You know, the Arizona coach Cliff Kingsbury actually admitted maybe he's been using Connor too much. So I may switch out. James Connor and his questionable designation. He has an an. How tall injury. is he? How tall is he? Why? Because Eckler's small. You got to go with a smaller guy. Mm, James Connor's six one. Oh yeah, Eckler's what five eight. Yeah, so maybe you yeah, go, go with go with a five eight. Yeah, got it. Okay, that's another principle <laughs> uh, when you play small league. Always play the smaller player <laughs> if you can. Anyways, so yeah, so my plan is to. Um, Substitute James Conner with Ramondre Stevenson, New England. I might um, play him or perhaps Ezekiel Elliott, who I also have on my bench. Not really sure at this point. I may Zeke has been doing very poorly, and he's been sort of been now in a committee with Tony Pollard, but who knows. But I will stick with Austin Eckler because, as we've discussed earlier, maybe some Tier 1 running backs – you got to start them even if they're somewhat dinged up. And while Eckler may have some, what does Eckler have? Eckler has some minor ankle injury as, as well. And yeah, this is this is maker. If you win, you pretty much clinch second. Now, if you I, win, I, I you can, can only tie him, up. but I can only tie him. But I don't think head to head. I think he owns me. I'm like the Bears to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, you know. I, Eckler's been playing with a, an ankle injury for the past couple of weeks anyways. I mean, this week 14, he he scored 14 points from a touchdown, 67 rushing yards, 17 receiving yards. So he's still playing very well. 
despite being having an ankle injury. So I'll probably continue to start him. The other thing I'm planning on doing is my big decision starting Tom Brady over Dak Prescott. But I'm telling Raj, who I'm playing, <laughs> that I'm starting Dak Prescott. But I'm telling our audience of now, what is it up to, uh, Mr. Shadow? About 300 listeners. Yeah, maybe um, two to 300. Yeah, that I'm going to start Tom Brady. But Raj didn't hear Good that. Choice. I'm telling him Good I'm choice. Good choice. Dak. So. About time. Yep. Making a run for the Super Bowl. So basically, what we have this week is Brady against the New England defense. So. That's the exciting part. (laughs) Anyways, this wraps up another weekly episode of the Small League Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until then, just remember that small is better. better. Have a good fantasy week, guys. Good luck in the playoffs, you guys, in large leagues.